So, let's broadcast. Welcome everyone to today's webinar. We've got a, uh, a host of hosts on, on the show today. Um, so, thank you for joining. We're starting to get some of the attendees coming through. Um, we've obviously got a number of people on Facebook already. Thanks for joining there. Um, Chris Douglas is my name for those that don't know. Um, and we've got a, a heap of panelists, as I said. So firstly, can I introduce uh, John Johnson Jr., Triple J, as we know him. Uh, John, how are you? Good, you? Excellent. Give us a bit of an intro, John. I, uh, I'm a developer for Buddy Automotive Innovations. I am half owner with Mike, and I started off in a recycling yard in the United States in Connecticut. My father still owns it to this day, actually. Excellent. I didn't know that, John. So there you go. Um, thanks for being on. Great to have you there. Mike, over to you. All right. Um, Mike Lambert. I'm Mike Lambert. Like, like John said, we're co-owners of Buddy. Uh, we started in 2003. Uh, we, we have a lot of customers. We have about 1,000 unique customers, about 1,500 products in the U.S., uh, Canada. Um, I've been in the industry since 1986, about when John was six years old. So, uh, <laughs> I've been in the industry quite a long time. Thank you. Excellent. Steve, most uh, Aussies uh, would know Steve from the industry. So, Steve, he's been around for a long time, as you can probably see. <laughs> I have been around the industry for a while. Thank you, Chris. Um, my involvement here is as the Australian and New Zealand point of contact for Buddy Automotive. So, I coordinate sales inquiries, um, installation and training, and any support issues um, with the Buddy, with the Big Buddy software in Australia and New Zealand. Excellent. Thanks, Steve. Chad, the um, infamous Chad Councilman. <laughs> retired uh, retired multi-site yard owner from the US, now living in Australia and trying to help recyclers uh, bring some US ideas and US technology to the Australian market in the automotive recycling industry. Excellent. Thanks, Chad. Okay, so we're not going to delay too much. Uh, got plenty of people joining on Facebook, which is great. A few come on Zoom, so we'll uh, we'll kick this off. Um, what are we doing today? So the podcasts have been going now for over three or four months. We've uh, this is our twelfth podcast. Uh, we've had a number of panelists on talking more so about industry issues, and we thought. Um, having launched ExactBits a couple of weeks ago, and, and Mike was on that call with um, Mannheim probably four or five weeks ago now, Mike. Um, we're, we're in a position where Chad's been talking to a lot of people and seeing a lot of different things in the, in the market and saw a lot of opportunities for improvement. So um, this session's designed more so to be about um, using BidBuddy well. If you're not a BidBuddy user, I've asked a lot of yards um, that are not BidBuddy users and traditionally um, haven't bought scientifically, if you like, if I can use that term or using a, using a system um, to, to attend because it's critical that they, they start thinking about that. We'll talk a little bit about demand and supply challenges at the minute with regard to uh, salvage. And it's not unique to Australia. Um, we're seeing salvage prices in Australia increase and therefore puts pressure on uh, on our ability to buy profitably as a, as a salvage yard. So um, I suppose the key question is, what is a bidding system? What is BidBuddy? And how does it help? Why is it important? So, Chad, I'm going to throw you under the bus. 
tell us a little bit about, as an ex-owner, having used uh, BitBuddy, um, why was it important for you to use BitBuddy? How did your use of that change over the years? And what does it look like moving forward as far as a, a bidding system is concerned? Okay. Um, historically, you know, I used to go to the auction and buy cars uh, in person just by the seat of my pants, look at the car, put a number on it, and work the auction. Uh, when, when we launched with BidBuddy and started using BidBuddy uh, way, way years ago, we would simply run the list through BidBuddy and it would give us a quick kind of QCI score. We'd print that list out and kind of give us a little bit more understanding as to what the need is for that vehicle. But then we took it another step beyond that. Uh, when the auctions all stopped letting us come on site and preview the cars, um, we actually hired employees to preview the cars. They previewed the cars from pictures. They input all the data into BidBuddy, used BidBuddy's tools for calculating the fees that the auction would charge and the tow fees that were associated with towing from that particular auction to give us a very scientific bid on the vehicle. And then we started buying cars we actually knew we needed of cars that we thought we needed because there were cars that were being offered for at the auction that we may have never bought before but we ended up having need for it and we just I didn't know that I even had need for it and as we started using the tool we realized that we could buy different cars a different mixture of cars and could make higher profits and faster returns on the cars and so the the, the buying of the cars all sped up and we went to uh to buying more cars, dismantling more cars, and ultimately turning a higher profit as a result of it. And so bidding tools radically changed the way that we, uh, uh, we ran our operation over the last, I guess, 15 years is kind of the evolution has occurred. Excellent. John, uh, being the developer of BidBuddy and having been involved in an in automotive recycling facility, as you said before, your father still owns the recycling facility there. Um, Tell us a little bit about the science behind building it and why it's been built the way it's been built and how it helps yards. The biggest, I mean, Charlie touched on the, the two big things is making sure that you're finding the cars that you didn't know you needed and telling you not to buy the cars you think you need. You know, Mike is a big Chevy guy and he'll always buy Chevrolet cars and he may not need that 50th, you know, Corvette in the yard, but he may need, you know, a different vehicle instead. So it really helps you find the gems that you didn't know you needed and it tells you the ones you shouldn't buy that you really want to buy just because you have a, a favoritism towards that brand, for instance. But, and the QCI scoring is, is one of the huge things too, where when it's all set up properly, it ranks out that list of cars to tell you which ones to bid on first. Your time is limited. So we rank that list to tell you which ones have the biggest possibility of breaking or making the money back the fastest for you. And by doing that, it really saved you time. Yeah, excellent. Okay, I think that's critical. Um, I've been sort of exposed to a whole heap of different markets recently. The US is finding a lot of challenge with availability of inventory at the minute. Um, we've got the same situation here in Australia. Um, I think I mentioned pre-going pre live that I was talking to someone yesterday and they said that, um, yeah, there were a lot of good cars at auction yesterday, but they were expensive and it's simply, it's, it's a symptom of really availability of product and, and people wanting good stock. So even more important to be able to, to find those little diamonds in the rough, if, if we can call them that, um, out there somewhere. So certainly bidding tools help us do that. Mike, what's the, you talk a lot to the industry participants in, in the US and um, what's the, the feedback, if you have any on, from recyclers 
uh, as far as buying salvage is concerned at the minute? How, how are they going? Getting tougher and tougher, obviously. Cars are more expensive, especially now with all the COVID stuff. Uh, people aren't driving. Their people aren't wrecking, wrecking their cars as much. Um, it's really slowed down the industry. Much, much harder to buy, much more expensive because the insurance companies, they still want their money no matter what. Uh, no matter if you know, people aren't driving them or not, they still want their money back. So yes, it's been tougher and tougher to buy cars all across, I'm sure all across the world in any yeah. industry. I gotta so, clarify one thing though. When John and I met, John had the inventory buddy finished and done for his parents' yard. There are two main products. Bid Buddy was more my dream to do. I uh, tried to do it with the ARA SC, the uh, service corporate ARA, ARA, and it didn't go so well. So when John and I met up in 2003, we started Inventory Buddy and we started selling it. And then we pursued to get the Bid Buddy going. And that was my goal from the beginning, because like John said, I bought a lot of Chevys. I used to run two yards here in Colorado. And I saw buying was the most important part of my job. Yeah. And I think, I think that's right. Buying is the most important part of any salvage job. In fact, any business's um, job. Right? I mean, it's, it's critical. Um, Steve, you talk to recyclers um, daily. What are you finding in the Australian market? Uh, similar to what you said, Chris, there's plenty of good stock out there at the moment. But um, most dismantlers have had a couple of good months for sales. So there's cash in their pockets to buy cars. There's competition for the stock that's at the salvage options. Um, so um, along the lines of what you've already said, it's more important than ever to be buying the right car on the right day. Um, if the price isn't what you want to pay for it, as long as you can still see that it's a, um, the right car and can be profitable for you, it's still a car to buy. You can try and buy Excellent. Okay. All right. So that leads me to the next question. You know, I was at a, um, we had a, uh, a pinnacle barbecue trade night back in 2017. We ran a, a number of those around Australia. I remember doing one at city parks up, up in Brisbane. And uh, I asked the question about who uses a bidding system who, who at the time, who, who uses bid pack and two hands went up. There were 90 people there, by the way. Two hands went up. I thought maybe they didn't hear the question. So I asked the question again. I said, who uses a bidding system like yep. bid, bid pad? And the same two hands went up. And I thought, goodness me, this can't be true. It can't be right. Obviously, City Parts was one of the hands, and I can't remember the other one. But out of probably 60 different facilities there on that night, only two used a bidding system to buy scientifically. So then I asked others, how do you buy? How do you buy? How do you buy? And it was the same old, well, I look at, you know, if I made profit on a VY Commodore and I'd buy more of those if they've made money, right? And I get it, but BidBuddy, BidPad, other systems can do so much more for the yard. Why is it? Why is it is, is my burning question. I think I, I think I know, but I'd like to hear from you guys. Why is it? we don't have more people using bid buddy or another bidding system. Mike, can I ask you that question? If you know, if you've got I, any, I agree with you. I've done the same thing in shows and I've talked to them customers and said, you know, two, 300 customers, 
do you use an, are you using a bidding system? And everybody says no. And then, you know, even though Pinnacle had BidPad 2, they had it, nobody used it. Checkmate has a system. Hardly anybody was using it. So I was just flabbergasted that nobody wanted a bidding, nobody was using a bidding system. All we were shoot by the hip. And it's, it's sad because the customers, you know, everybody thinks they're the best buyer in the world. And when you first download BidBuddy, the first thing they get, say to me, when they look at the QCI scores, they say to me, I would never look at that car because I didn't think I needed that car. And they were like me, they were like they're set in their ways. Um, there's another customer, good friend of mine, I'll, I won't leave his name out, North Carolina. He was a, a last past president too, like Chad. He always wanted to buy a Chevy Silverado. And I said, you don't need them. I said, you've got 40 of those engines in stock. Buy the part. If you need a door, buy it from somebody else and broker it. You don't need to buy the whole car. And he just could not get that through his head. He's a good customer of ours now. But I agree with you. Most customers out there like to shoot by the hip. They think they know it all. And that's the way they've been buying for 40 yeah. years. That's the way they're going to keep going. I want to pick up on, on something you just said there because I think a lot of this, and it took me a while um, to sort of get it, but when it when it when I got it, it sort of stuck. And I think it's critical that we understand when we're buying salvage, we're buying sales. We're not buying cars. We're not buying the whole box. We're buying the particular sale in that vehicle that works for our business. And that's where it's critical to buy the right. In in our case, there's you know you've got the VE Commodore, you got a you got an engine that's worth. That's a boat anchor, really. It's worth a weight in steel. And you've got another engine that's worth $3,500. They're both 3.6-litre engines, but they're different, okay? One's worth a lot of money. The other one isn't. The car looks the same. So, again, applying a scientific approach to it helps um, people buy better. Helps people buy right rather than wrong. Um, Triple J, I, I know you mentioned just before... Um, something that Jim Counts, uh, you know, has, has been talking about for years um, about buying the wrong car. And I'll ask you about that stat in a minute, but certainly it's about how can we make sure we, one, don't buy the wrong cars. So don't waste your, your, your cash on the wrong cars. Two, how can we buy the right cars, put your money into the right cars, and how can we actually do better than that? How can we find the right cars in different regions that we would otherwise not look in, right? And, and I think that's really, really important. So if we're buying sales, then it's not about buying the four doors off the car. You might only buy the right front door and the left front fender and the engine, the gearbox. You may not even buy the diff because the diff, you've got plenty of them. There's no demand for them. Um, but out of those five or six sales, you may have enough projected value in sales that it's worth buying that car at price X, whatever that price X is. Um, and that's, that's critical. And, and I think that's where your inventory buddy actually makes a lot of sense as well, um, where you then take those six sales that you've purchased and it funnels through to an inventory tool. And again, for the interest of openness, um, there is an inventory buddy tool that you have Pinnacle has the inventory pro system that it has. But ultimately, if we've got something that feeds from buying tool into inventory tool, into selling tool, all as part of the buying process, it makes a lot of sense. So 
I think that's really important. We need to get this piece around buying sales, not buying cars. If we buy sales and buy sales only, we will find that we sell 100% of the sales we buy. Okay, we, we do sell those parts because the system says we're gonna sell them. Triple J, can I hand over to you and tell us a little bit about a bad buy and what that means to, to a yard? So a bad buy is really, really difficult to come up from. Um, I know we talked about before the call, you know, Jim said years ago, I believe it was, you said it was three. I believe it's up to 20 now. It takes, you know, several, you know, good buys to make up, to break even for one bad purchase. That's just to break even. It's not making money on any of those cars at that point. All you've done is break even on them. So it's really critical that you're not buying those bad buys that you're not going to make your money back on. It's really put you in the hole. Steve, have you got a view, a view on that? I mean, 20 is a, a big number. I know that uh, Jim Counts, uh, you know, back 10, 15 years ago, um, when we, we started talking with Jim, his view was it took three cars to, to make up one bad car. Uh, but I think most uh, salvage yards back then were a little bit more profitable than, than potentially they are now. They need to be a lot more careful today with their buying um, because it's a, it's a tighter game. It's, it's becoming a little bit sharper. So... Have you got a view on that, Steve? Yeah, I think um, with all the make and model diversity and the lack of interchangeability, if you buy a car that you don't need, that is to say a car that has parts on it that you're not going to sell, um, it doesn't turn around it doesn't turn around quickly. The, the wrong car is the wrong car for longer, effectively. If you're overstocked, matching inquiry to the stock that you have because of this diversity and lack of interchangeability takes longer means more stock sitting on the shelf, less parts going out the door. It's more important than ever to buy the right car on the right day. Um, what, what that means, you can look at it in different, different ways. You can go, oh, well, two average cars offset one good car, one good car offsets one, one bad car. I'm not quite sure how the numbers would work out, but it is becoming more important than ever to buy, as I've said a couple of times, to buy the right car on the right day. That, yeah. that car you buy that's not the car you needed, doesn't pay for itself, and it doesn't pay for itself in 90 days, and it might not pay for itself in 365 days or, or even longer, which means parts sitting on the shelf that you didn't sell. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience about buying bad cars versus good cars. Well, I just wanted to point out the fact of the, the auction prices are at record highs right now. And so when you buy a wrong car, you're buying it deep into it. And so you, you're buying the wrong car and paying too much for it, too, possibly. And, and so right now, it's critical that, that you buy the correct car and you realize that you, that you can step up and pay just a little bit more for the cars that you need when you're not duplicating the engines on the shelf, like, like we talked about what Ricky was doing. And, and I mean, we... Yeah, I didn't say Ricky. You, you said Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> he gotcha. Sorry, sorry, Ricky. But uh, he's watching this call. But uh, we, we've got to buy the correct cars to remain profitable. We're looking at uh, with COVID restrictions, uh, business is more difficult to turn a profit today than it has ever been. With the price of the cars higher than it's ever been, it's, it, it just there are multiple facets working against our industry right now where we need to be scientific in everything that we do when it comes to spending money. 
and, and the, the bidding tool that BidBuddy has, in my opinion, is the superior tool that's on the market globally. Uh, and so that's the reason that we've done our best to try to automate some features here in the Australian markets that, that did not exist prior to, to me getting here and, and working to kind of make that happen. And that's why I wanted to, to move on to some, some ideas too, Chris, is the fact that, that because the Australians have used this system in a manual fashion for so long, they don't realize some of the features that it has built into it. I've seen that, that some of the users did not realize that the tow charges could be set up for each auction so that you have a tow charge. So, so your bid is calculated minus what that tow bill is gonna be. Um, the auction fees can be set up also so that your, your bid is set up minus that auction fee. And so that you're, you're bidding correctly for, for what you will need to have invested in that car when it lands at your doorstep after all the fees are covered. I've always looked at, at landed costs and, and BidBuddy does a, does a perfect job calculating landed cost and then subtracting out what the, the actual bid needs to be at the auction to make it all work. And that's where some of the features were that, that I've seen that some of the guys don't have configured exactly right. I don't understand what the, that exactly is about. And I'd love to get Mike and Triple J and them to kind of explain some of those settings and what some of that might mean. That's kind of, kind of what I wanted to do today. Absolutely. Let's say one last thing, uh, Chris, on why a bidding tool. Uh, before we move on, one of my customers and I sell bid, the bid buddy a lot by saying, I know the, the owners would tell me that they can buy cars very well. And a lot of them do. A lot of them have a great profitability record. They have a great buying record of buying a lot of cars. But I always say to them, I said, you want to do this forever. You need to pass this along to your children or pass this along to some other key uh, employee. And the bid buddy is a perfect tool to pass this along because Yes, you may be the smartest buyer out there, but you want to do it. You want to maybe relax, retire, go on vacation, you know, move to move to Australia like Chad, you know, and <laughs> you, you need somebody then to take over and BidBuddy is a perfect tool to let one of your kids or brothers or whoever take over in the business so you can retire or not work so hard. Certainly one of the one of the restraints from doing that, one of the hurdles of, of letting go of a business is systemization. Um, you know, is, is having your inventory um, set up in a, in a system like Pinnacle um, that enables the business to run without having your specialty or your expertise sitting within it. Certainly overseeing the business and managing it. Yeah, absolutely. But owners sitting there spending weeks on weeks on weeks you know most of the most of the people that i know and, and steve you'll know the ones that i'm talking about um the owners of these businesses they spent all if not most most if not all of their week um buying looking for cars right valuing the cars you know they put hundreds and hundreds of cars through their bid buddy system and basically a lot of those cars that they put through don't work out Right. And, and OK, you've got to do that in order to work out whether it's going to work out for you or not. Uh, but that's a time consuming, high paid job that ideally um, you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing. You should be overseeing and running the business, growing the business. Um, so, OK, let's um, just. On that note, Chad, you mentioned there that. Um, you've seen what's happening in the Australian market, you know, there's some things in. in buddy that have changed for the past couple of months with the auction fees and the, the exact bit stuff that we're doing and so forth. Do you want to expand on that in the context of 
okay, we we mentioned before, uh, or we, we posed the question, why do people not necessarily use a bidding system? And and my view on that is, one, because they don't understand the benefits of a bidding system, right? And that's shame on us. But you know, we need to be able to tell um, users and be able to articulate why it's critical to use it. Okay, that's the first thing. So we need to do a better job at that. And, and hopefully this is the start of that. Two, I think not understanding why it's important, um, those that do understand it's important have found it quite cumbersome. It, it still has been in the Australian market difficult, especially without the auction fees, to actually bring a car in, uh, set it up in BitBuddy and pick the parts and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, pick the interchange, right? So that's still a time-consuming job, okay? So that's that's a challenge. So in that context, I think that we're putting enough obstacles in the way of potential users of the system. I think another reason is because we don't get enough engagement with these types of calls, okay? We've got 30-odd people, Facebook, we've got you know, 10, 15 people on the, on the Zoom call. We're getting... By the end of uh, a full week after a podcast, we get up to a thousand views on a podcast, which is great, including YouTube, etc. But having said that, there isn't enough engagement. You know, I was on a VACC call the other night with the, um, because of all this COVID stage four restriction here in Melbourne, with the dealerships, right? The, the vehicle manufacturer dealerships talking about their challenges. They had over a hundred people oversubscribed. They couldn't fit anymore on Zoom. Um, so. <clears throat> Engagement is critical. And I, I urge the industry, Steve, you're out there talking to people. Chad, you're out there talking to people every day. I talk to people. Um, you know, Triple J and Mike, you're a little bit removed from this market, but certainly you're all over the US market. We need to better explain why it's important because if we don't, and if, if the users don't embrace a bidding system, I think they're going to find it more and more difficult to, to survive especially in these environments where inventory is getting harder and harder to get. Now, that said, we're having some yards that are having record months in sales. That's fine, but you're going to bleed the pond. You know, there's not going to be any product left because you won't be able to find cars and parts to, to actually uh, buy. So that said, what, Chad, if I can throw over to you, a little bit about the feed of data coming through from Mannheim at the minute. And while we're at it, let's have a plug for exact bids, if that's okay. Um, what does... What do those two things, both in isolation and combined, how do they help uh, people become more efficient when they're using the BitBuddy system? Well, since we got the feed coming from Mannheim, the, the auction list can be downloaded from Mannheim and, and the BitBuddy system actually runs a, a generic QCI ranking on it within five to 10 seconds, depending how large the sale is. And that was an incredible step for the Australian market. And then just to touch a step further with the exact bids, um, I realized the need uh, that I had in my operation years ago was actually previewing these cars. And, and with the apps feature inside BidBuddy, it allows uh, a one-to-many type approach where we can have one set of previewers previewing cars and then sharing those interchange applications and good and bad selections with other users. And that's exactly what ExactBids has done is we've got a team of five previewers that are previewing the cars in the Australian market, uh, selecting interchange choices and good and bad choices. And then that data is flowing through to our users so that when they download that list of, of yeah, they get the 100 cars, but their QCI scores are coming in correct 
because every interchange has been selected for them and then it's ranking them based on exactly what they need. And they can focus on the top 15 or 20 cars at that auction that they need to actually buy instead of having to spend hours previewing them. We were out visiting a facility in Ballarat a while back and the, the owner told us that, that he spent his evenings and nights actually uh, going and, and previewing the cars inside BidBuddy. And so he missed family time because he was spending as much time. He just put a screen up to show us uh, if you're a current BidBuddy user and you're subscribed to the exact bid service, you'll see an icon that's a little bit different. A little man with a little uh, earth looking uh, picture behind him right there uh, is, is kind of what uh, you would see if you are uh, getting our exact bids feed. That, those are cars that we have already previewed and selected the interchange on. So that QCI score that you're seeing is going to be a correct QCI score for you on that particular vehicle. And so based on all the interchange choices that's happened. And so it's a, it's a big benefit. It saves a lot of time for users. And we're hoping to actually allow owners of their businesses to not spend as much time previewing cars and, and basically start trying to grow your business and focus on other issues is the whole idea right here. Well, we got that. Can you put the screen back up for a second there, please? Oh, sorry. Yeah, an important thing to actually to point out to people just to make sure you understand. When you've got that, you know, you've got the person with the globe, the earth behind them, power of apps behind it. That is a score that's been reduced by interchange choices. Now those are being mixed in with scores that have not been reduced by interchange choices. So they have inflated scores. So you're gonna have to scroll, you're gonna, scores that have the, the, the earth on them are gonna be lower than the ones that don't have the earth on them. So you need to be able to kind of mix and match those two different lists together inside the same list. Does that make sense? I'm not sure I'm explaining that correct. Well, the ones with the earth are more accurate. Correct. The ones okay. that they've been previewed. Sorry. Good. Uh, I think um, basically those with the earth on it have already had the bad parts removed from the bid. Okay. Those without the earth on them, basically the system's assuming that every part on that top one there, 2004 Rodeo, every part on that vehicle is good. And if we actually look at the photo, it's a burnout. So once you pick all the bad parts you're going to mark everything as bad on that right it's going to go to zero so um let's say the uh you know the one the bottom one with the arrow uh third from the bottom it looks like it's got damage in that little small picture there looks like it's got damage right hand front you know the bonnet the headlight the bumper the guard the door um, are all damaged so the previewers have already marked those as bad and then selected the good part. So when you remove those bad parts, the QCI score by nature is going to come down. So as a result, it looks like the Rodeo is actually a better car, but the reality is once you pick it, it's gonna to drop to the bottom of the list. Is that what you're trying to say, John? Yeah, so you need to kind of be conscious of that to make sure you go further down the list for the QCI, for the ones that have been previewed already versus the ones that haven't. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of intermixed. You're mixing, you're mixing apples and oranges on this screen because you're mixing cars that have not been previewed and you're mixing cars that have been previewed that are more accurate score. Yeah. Right. This, this, was an, this was an early uh, testing deal that we did uh, two or three weeks ago. Now we're previewing 100% of the vehicles at each auction so that uh, every, every car would come through with a little earth behind it so that the QCI score would actually be correct for you. Okay, there you go. So Thanks. as, Thanks. as Thanks. you, sorry Mike. That saves a lot of time to the buyer when he can, when he or she can have the 
Hollander number selected and the good bad selected saves an incredible amount of time. Yeah. So what what we've found also is it, it there's a saving of time and there's a saving of time on two fronts, on finding the right cars but also finding the bad cars. I think that's that's really important, right? Um, because as I said before, a lot of yards are looking at a lot of cars manually every day, um, and of the hundred cars that they look at, they'll end up putting bids on say. 20% of those, 20 of those cars. And of the 20 cars that they look at, they'll probably buy 20% of those. So they end up buying between two and four cars, right? Out of the 100 cars. So 95% of their time, you could say, was, was wasted. Um, whereas what this does, it because all of them are, are ranked immediately as things come through, you've got the information there that you need. You may want to click on it, double check a couple of things. You may want to add a couple of items because we're ranking 25 top, top 25 items. You may want to put in an ECU or whatever else there is, or you may just apply a fluff factor, which is one thing that I would suggest. Um, but yeah, so that's the type of thing there that we're doing. And that's been helping a lot of people. Mike, you mentioned before, or, or Triple J, I can't remember which one, um, but we mentioned before about finding cars that you wouldn't have thought were relevant to you. I think Chad's had a couple of calls from different users. I've had a couple of discussions with different users in different states who have said that they've bought cars now that they would never have looked at because they wouldn't have time to, to look at that vehicle. But their yeah. QCI scores were that good that they quickly checked them and they ended up buying those cars. So that's been a real success story there. I think that that's, that's an interesting point to be making there. With the, you know, the, the way Australia is, it's a big country with a small population, it's a little bit harder. I mean, in America, I want a bid buddy to people to be able to search out longer and further away. I mean, I have yards here in Denver, Denver 60 miles south of me. We go to Dallas, Dallas is 500 miles south of me. They go down there and look for cars. So you need to find, and what's great about the Mannheim auctions too, is you need to be able to search for cars that you really need they might be farther away. You might pay a little more in tow, but if they're the best cars for you, it's worth the tow. And we are finding some cars. I have to say, you know, Chad puts together a daily Best Buys email just to give the users a bit of a, a feel for what's coming through um, and, and what's available for them to buy. And the, the challenge we're having at the minute, we've only got four cars listed on there because, you know, it's, it's just a, a quick daily Best Buys deal, right? The problem is picking the top four cars, if you like. So, you know, there's so many cars. Yesterday and today, there were so many cars that could have been put up on there. We could have had 100 cars on there, and they were all good cars. Now, some of these are in country towns, um, you know, from Ballarat to Wangaratta to Wagga. Now, these are two or three hours out of the central, you know, the, the main capital city of each state. Um, but certainly worth a look and most yards probably wouldn't look in those areas because they're just in their backyard that's all they've got time for i agree how much does that tell if i towed it two or three hundred miles steve do you know what that tell would be would three or four hundred dollars maybe three hundred actually yeah, yeah, not, not, more than that. not yeah. more than that chris yeah it costs about 300 to get a car from i think sydney that's to melbourne or 400 i bet you if you bought four or five it would be a lot cheaper if you get four or five or one well we can get about six on a transport truck in America. I don't know if you guys have seen your, I've seen your trucks over there. They're not as big as uh, the trucks going down the highway in, in the U.S. But uh, yeah. no, um, 
So on that note, we've had some comments about different from different people, that smaller yards, that have suggested that, oh, I'm a small yard or I'm a specialist. It's not it's not worth me, you know, taking a I don't know a twenty dollar feed from Exact Beats, Exact Bits to to work out which cars I want to buy because I'm only going to buy two, three, four, five cars in a week. What's the view on that, Steve? I'll throw over to you. What's your view on that from a perspective of small yard? I buy five cars a week. You know, I've got plenty of time. You know, I'm the owner. Of, yep. You know, I like buying and I'm going to spend uh, two days a week buying cars and that's my job. So I think what you're saying is, is a very valid point. The QCI score, that initial QCI score that's, that's calculated is serves the purpose of alerting a buyer to a car that will that may have value for his business the qci score that's calculated after you've done your selection of interchange and excluded the, uh, the damaged parts is as you've said a more accurate qci score so each of those is taking that car buyer nearer to to knowing what he can pay for a car and knowing that that car will be profitable so Everything you said is true, and I, and I agree with you. It doesn't matter whether it's a small yard or a big yard. If you cast that net wider and you're alert to more cars that might, might be the right car today for your business, you will work out a way to buy that profitable car. Uh, if, it's, if it's priced well, the $300 tow might matter, it might matter at all. And what you're saying is true is that car, the business owners, the car buyers, uh, when they've been manually selecting the cars they're interested in, um, prior to being able to import the Mannheim catalogues, or as they're still doing with the Pickles catalogues, manually selecting the cars that they're interested in, they're only selecting a very small pool of cars to choose from, and then they need to be successful with, with more of those to feed parts into their business. Um, the, the exact bids um, work on the catalogues, to, to make the QCI score more accurate is just another step in that direction. So it's a chance to consider more cars and, uh, and have a strong idea whether they're the right car for your business on the day and go from there to, to come up with a meaningful bid and buy the car for your business if it's the car you need. Chad? Uh, I just wanted to, to think back to five or six years ago. Uh, whenever I finally realized that, that I had to let go of some reins in my business. You know, when I got to, to 45 employees, I still could not load the trucks, buy all the cars, manage all the payroll and do everything. I started having to, to, to designate some people to handle certain things for me. And one of the things that I designated over was the buying of the cars. And so turn the buying over to somebody else. We use the BidBuddy tool uh, fully to its fullest capacity. Uh, and the buying actually got better than what I was doing. But what also happened is my time could be better utilized to grow the business, to build relationships, to foster customers' relationships, foster relationships with other salvage yards. And my business just radically grew. And so I went from, from 45 employees to 75 employees over the course of about 18 months because the business just just grew so rapidly because I was able to designate my brain and, and my thinking and my, my devotion to business growth instead of simply buying cars where this tool enables us to empower a less 
educated, less experienced individual to perform equally or possibly better than I was even doing. I would say better because it's- I would too, Chad, I know you, very good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it just, I'm telling you that, that I was one of the same ones that, that was hesitant to accept change, hesitant mm -hmm. to, to realize that, that somebody could do it better. You know, I'm the best, you know, I'm alpha, alpha male, you know, I'm the best, nobody can do it better than me. I'm doing a good job, but there's only one of me. That means I only can be at one auction previewing and buying one time. And when I've got multiple buyers and we're working, you know, at the, the height of it, at when I sold out in December, 10 auctions per week, you know, can you preview and bid on 10 auctions per week if you're by yourself? No, you can't do it. And so it takes a team or it takes a, a tool like exact bids helping you do that to make that work. And so think bigger, grow the operation, you know, distribution centers, sales offices and things like that is what all becomes available when you start to, to realize that, that you could use tools to help automate and put systems in place to, to make it all do, do big, better for you. Excellent. Thanks for that, uh, Chad. Triple J, uh, yeah. from a development perspective, um, is there anything you can share with us without, and, and I don't know if there is anything, but where is BidBuddy going? What, what, what does it look like in the future? I hope they will be bringing more auctions online for the Australian market. Yep. Uh, and hopefully we'll be able to create an importer as part of this process so you can actually import your own list of vehicles. That's been kind of the, the downfall for us. Uh, United States is so easy for us because we have these VIN numbers that we can just, or we have a decoder that actually tells us what it is and that's, we have a decoder mapped to the interchange and all you gotta do is put a 17 digit VIN in in the system for the United States and boom, you know what the vehicle is. We don't have that luxury in your market, unfortunately. So we're working on that with you guys to uh, improve that and hopefully we'll be able to make it a little more wide open so people can import their own list of vehicles and uh, actually at other auctions as well, hopefully. Yeah. What do you mean input their own list of vehicles? What does that mean? So I know uh, in the States, you know, um, sometimes people have yards have contracts to take certain vehicles. So they want to run a list of vehicles through BidBuddy that may not, it may be from an auction. It may be from a private auction. It could be from anything. It could be yard, cars out in the yard too. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, America too, a lot of customers will say there's a tow lot and there's 200 cars in this tow lot. And I'll tell the customer, get a list of the stock number in the VIN and import it to them on an Excel spreadsheet. We can then import that and treat it just like an auction. So these 200 cars at a tow lot, I treat it just like a, a, an auction and give them the QCIs and let the customer pick and choose which cars at that auction he wants to, or at that tow lot he wants to buy. Right. So that's really good. All, they, all you need in, in here, with like John was saying with the VIN, is the stock number of in, but the biggest problem we have over there is the model mapping to getting it. But we're, we're learning a lot with um, the Mannheim feeds. Yes, yeah, certainly. I know that Chad spent a lot of time mapping models. <laughs> yeah, I spend, I spend about uh, 20 minutes a day mapping models to make it all work, but I didn't realize that solution even existed. So this is a solution for one of our customers, one of our exact bits customers uh, yep. needs solution so look for us to, to connect them with you to make all that make that work. I actually went over this with Steve uh, the other day when did we go over that I, I get my days confused with uh, the Australian market did we go over that Steve I showed uh, you late, late last week we started talking about that Mike 
but doesn't work because of the, the model. Okay, John has to look at that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, we haven't had many questions come through. We had a comment here from Anthony Norris on Facebook. Uh, Motor Trade Association, MTA, need to get involved. Uh, look, it's a, it's a tricky one, Anthony. Um, there's always opportunity for, for our industry bodies to get more involved, and especially now, it's, it's, it's a challenge. I can tell you, though, I get a lot of information through the VACC, and, well, um, if there was ever any question about, you know, what the VACC has been doing here in Victoria, at least, from a Victorian perspective, obviously, other MTAs, I can't comment on, on their involvement and what they're doing, but certainly at the minute from a COVID perspective, the VACC, the Victorian Association, is is driving really hard and, and supporting the industry. Um, so, you know, yes, the more involvement from the MTAs, the better. I think, that, guys, the MTAs for the Americans on the call is the Motor Traders Associations. Um, but I think there's, you know, APRA, you know, APRA, I'm not sure if if anyone's really heard much from APRA recently. I know they're part of the MTAs, but and really VACC is doing a lot of that talking uh, on their behalf. So not certainly not taking anything away from the VACC, but it'd be great to have, have APRA out there supporting our industry. Um, and I think we need to see more and more of them. Um, okay, so Chad. I would like to, to get Mike or Triple J1 to, to answer a question. Uh, it's a feature that uh, is underutilized in this market. Uh, the fact that we have a red, white, and blue QCI scoring method. And I'd like to get you to explain why that was developed and how we could use it to, to be a, a better tool. And so whichever one is best suited to answer. Well, Mike, take care of that one. <laughs> okay, fine. No. Um, <laughs> uh, every customer said, uh, BidBuddy's great, but I buy ABC cars or I buy this lower end cars and it's a whole different buying scheme. The All the money that you look at to buy a $500 car, this, I'm sorry if I'm using American money, but you buy a $500 car, there's only three or four part types. You're buying it maybe for five part types, engine training, big ticket items, your cost of goods is lower, everything is, everything is different. So basically profiles, buying profiles that says, I want to buy this type of car and I want to buy this type of car and I want to buy my high-end car. So we labeled them AB, a red, right, and blue cars. And those have three different buying scenarios or three different buying profiles. You can pick three different uh, part types. You can have three different everything and it helps you buy the different cars. Many customers of my customers here in America they might have, Chris might work for me and he buys the cars off the street. He might buy the cars off of these contracts that John talked about. I go to the big auctions. So my buying scheme is totally different. And we had a lot of customers that were demanding that type of, that we implement those different buying profiles. Yep. I encountered a, a recycler in the Australian market that's a specialist and he, he asked the question, he said, I think I need to start branching out to doing other vehicles than just what I've been specializing in. Uh, he, he focuses on one particular brand. And I said, well, why don't we set up uh, the red score to be your brand you always buy 
and then we'll do the white and the blue for stuff you want to experiment with. And so I helped him adjust his settings inside the QCI, the red, white, and blue settings, so that the, the red one is, is everything he's gonna buy for the particular brand he's always been buying, and then the white and the blue were stuff that, you know, I'll, I'll take a chance on this cheaper car type deal. And so he's using it now to actually look at, at different manufacturers of cars. Uh, in the past. Sorry. Definitely a different way of, of do, using it also. I helped one the other day set one up that uh, wanted the, the, the white to be kind of his everyday cars, 80%, and then wanted the red to be the, the land cruiser and the high-end vehicles. And so helped him set his settings up to do, do something real similar. And so different users can set those red, white, and blue settings up to be different based on what their, their goal is. That makes a lot of sense. We've got a lot of users that um, have gone down that path over the past 10 or 15 years where they were specialists and they've branded out um, and they, they do buy different cars at different times and they call them the data cars. So when I buy a car and develop data on that, on that vehicle to see if it's going to work for them and then potentially branch out. So that, that may be a good way to set that up, Chad, with some of these users so that they can use that as the data sort of purchases. I think that would make a lot of sense. Okay. Um, I'm going to open a quick survey. Um, to see uh, everyone's view, would you like Chad to run a bit of a, a training session, a Zoom training session? If you can just respond to that survey while we're finishing up this call um, over the next couple of weeks um, and, and see what we can do there. I think um, before we come to an end, I think one of the key things that we really want to um, identify here, and well, not really, but you know, one of the ideas that we need to make sure that we've got our head around is this idea about buying the vehicles that we know about versus the ones we don't know about. You might uh, want to get rid of that. Sorry? Can I get rid of the uh, questionnaire? Never mind, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so it looks like, Chad, we've got, uh, yeah people want to see a, a session okay so um we don't know what we don't know it's the good old adage that we don't know what we don't know um and that's that's what i'm seeing in the first three or four weeks of of the exact bit service we're really seeing um thanks joshua on facebook uh, you're interested in the training session thank you um so the a lot of users are seeing what they've traditionally seen. They look at what they've traditionally looked at. If they're a Subaru specialist, they'll look at the Subaru stuff. If they're a Mazda specialist, they'll look at the Mazda stuff. Um, or they will look at a specific product in this sale because it's their local sale. They won't go outside of that. And there's a gem sitting three hours away from them in another sale on one of the national auctions that Mannheim has, for example. Um, and they miss out on it. And the reality is it's, it's got a better QCI score than anything. I would challenge um, the, the users to actually embrace uh, it so they can look beyond their backyard, so they can look beyond what they know. Um, because the opportunity lies in that little slice of red there. They're the, they're the diamonds in the rough. They're the things that we need to know about that we don't know about. And they're the ones that are going to make us profitable. I mean, you know, Triple J, you talk about one in 20 cars. We're talking about a 5% deal there um, that can make us profitable or not profitable. Flip that on its head. What if we bought another five of those ones, right? 
what if we've bought another five of those really good cars that we weren't going to buy before? Um, what does it now look like? And, you know, it could increase your profitability from X percent EBITDA to X times three. Why? Because we're buying better. The sales will happen if you buy right. So I want, to, I want people to challenge themselves. The risk is staying in your shell and keeping the blinkers on and knowing what you know today. Um, look outside the square, guys. Think about how to do things differently. We're working very closely with the buddy team to find better ways for you all to, uh, to access these vehicles, um, embrace some of these technologies, embrace the fact that there's, there are things happening in the market today that will help you. Um, so that's all I've got to say on that one. Steve, I'm not sure if you'd like to add anything to that or anyone else wants to add anything to that. Uh, Chris, just in the few minutes to remain, you wouldn't happen to have a screen capture there of an actual um, the big creation screen, just for those people who might be on this, this session who actually aren't, aren't big buddy users. I have a live screen up right now if, I, if you want me to share my screen. Yeah, yeah, just, just so users can, we've, we've, we've looked at the Enable list it. of cars at an auction, but if you're not a big buddy user, you might not, you might, might be interesting to see what the actual big creation screen looks like, particularly with the count's needs, flagging, on, flagging for each part, uh, the extent to which you need that part. He um, wants to look at a particular car. Right? Yeah, at a particular car. A particular vehicle? Okay. Yeah, let's open up that crewman. Okay. And so those stars that are on the, um, under the counts needs heading, they signify levels of need. A five star part, a gold star, is a part that your business is sold out of. If there's, um, if that 5.7 litre V8 engine, if you can buy that car, that is a part that you will, you will sell. Um, in, this is on the exact bid screen, maybe, I'm not sure who, where this is coming from. There's no pricing there, but on a bid buddy user screen, there will be a price next to that part. And that contributes towards the projected sales. And from the projected sales is how the bid is derived. Um, so we can have a whole lot of parts down there, some that we need, some that we don't need. The one with the little basket next to it, um, that's part you're overstocked on. You don't need any more front doors or mirrors for that model car at the moment. They can be good on that car. You can include them in the bid, but they won't add, they won't add any value to it. And so just simply going down that screen and going good, bad or excluded and selecting the interchange, as has been done here in this screen, works towards telling you what that car's worth for your business. And the QCI score is a measure of how, how much you need that car or how that will contribute to um, immediate future sales rather than long-term sales. So all of that's the information that you're seeing in the screen that you, that, that you need to make those decisions. There's other tabs in that screen that show you the images of the vehicle if it's been in a downloaded catalog. They show you vehicles on hand, which is your history of similar vehicles that you've had, their profitability, how long you've had them. Um, uh, there's other information within that screen and, the, and from other functions within that screen to make the car buyer as informed as possible on that day when he's considering buying another car that model. 
This is a feature here that uh, is, is really cool for the BidBuddy users. It lets you know if a vehicle has been rerun. So if it had been sold at a previous auction, even, even if it had crossed uh, auction companies, if it was sold at uh, Mannheim today, but a month ago it was at Pickles, uh, once we have enough data that will work correctly, but uh, it, it tracks to show if the vehicle has, has been sold before. So you can even look at pictures of when that particular vehicle may have been sold previously. And so you could find out if somebody's buying the vehicle, doing some uh, dodgy repairs to it, and then bring it to the auction to resell it again. And so that's a feature right there that's inside BidBuddy. Excellent. Okay, I think, uh, thanks Steve for that. That was, that was a good call to actually put that up on the screen. I think we'll do more of that type of stuff when uh, chat will set up uh, something in the week, next week or two, as a bit of a training, a Zoom training session. Those that wish to attend, um, we'll be able to jump on Zoom for that. Okay. Um, I think we'll close now. Thanks for the questions on Facebook and for everyone on Facebook watching. I really appreciate it. Before we close, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about next week. Next week, we've got uh, Don Porter from URG on. Um, it'll be next Wednesday again. We've moved them to Wednesday Australian time um, simply because Tuesday, we've got uh, a lot of auction activity. So, Moved them across to Wednesday Australian time. Um, Don Porter is the CEO of the, the United Recyclers Group in the US. He's got some really interesting stuff that he wants to talk about. Um, so looking forward to having Don on. Please join that. Um, Mike, closing comments on Triple J? No. I uh, thank you for your time. I think it was a great session. And uh, I think... Uh, I'm just glad to be in the Australian market and hopefully we can make it a little bit better. Thanks, John. No, I'm good. Oh, good. Thank you. We appreciate you being on. Steve? Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. Opportunity to, as you said, engage with a few more people um, and hopefully uh, every business owner out there, every car buyer will consider their, their options and think again about how they go about car buying. Because as you said, it's, it's, it's always been important. Possibly now it's more important than ever. Um, I, I believe every business owner needs to have a good strategy to buy the right cars. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. Chad, closing comments? Just if you're a recycler that's not using a bid tool, it's time to get uh, to looking for a bid tool to help you uh, choo choose and buy cars smarter and scientifically. Time is now. Excellent. Thanks for that. Everyone that's on, thank you very much. Um, if you want to send us any uh, interest uh, or if you want to forward the, the YouTube podcast, you can get a copy of it on YouTube uh, via our website. So it's um, autopartneredsolutions.com. If you want to jump on the website, go to the, uh, the area that's got the, the podcast area of it and you'll find a copy of it there. Please forward it to as many people in the industry as possible. It's really, really important that we've got a strong automotive recycling industry. Um, and uh, if you want to send other questions through on that website, please feel free to do so as well. So again, thanks for everyone's attendance. Thanks to the guys in the US, Mike and John. Uh, appreciate your time. I know it's a bit late there. You need to go and get something to eat. Steve, thank you. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.